You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Rua Space Podcast with Phil and Aaron, and we're so glad to have you here with us today where we explore how we can make space for the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives. Now, today's podcast episode is another continuation of our Engaging Scripture study in which we go into a facet of how you can approach Scripture so that you can study it properly and with a lot of wisdom. Because, of course, studying Scripture is one of the spiritual disciplines by which we can come to know God better. Today we want to talk about context of scripture. Which and is so important. It is, because sort of understanding the bigger picture helps us, us to understand the specifics of what we're reading. And sort of the phrase I would kind of want people to remember from this is, God doesn't waste ink. Now, I originally heard this when I was studying under a rabbi in Israel, and he shared this phrase, and it's really stuck with me. The idea that God doesn't waste ink means that everything in the Bible is there for a purpose, and it is done intentionally. Do you think this is why when Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and the teachers, he says he's not going to remove a dot or iota from the law or the prophets, right? Like he, he specifically says, I'm not here to remove anything that's in scripture up till now, I'm here to fulfill it. Down to the smallest letter, the smallest little mark, it's all important. And that means then that everything is where it is for a reason. Mm -hmm. And so there's times, for example, when scholars get into studying the Bible and they say, well, this must have been a later editor because it doesn't fit, you know, maybe it doesn't even belong. Why is it here? It doesn't make any sense. And I more approach scripture from the idea of, Even if a later editor did add it, right, which is a conversation for another day, we believe that scripture is Holy Spirit inspired. Even though there's many authors, many humans writing it, we believe that the text, as we've received it today, is the text we are meant to have. And that means that everything is where it is for a reason. And therefore, if it's there for a reason, in order to understand it, we have to understand why it is where it is in the Bible, where it is in the letter. And so a helpful image that I once heard was picturing scripture sort of like a ripple. Like when you throw a rock into water and it ripples out, if the one text you're studying is like the rock where it hits the water, the other things, the other passages, the other words, sentences, paragraphs, chapters, everything around it affects it. And the closer it is to that specific passage, the more important it is. Okay, so you're saying that when you go to study the Bible, let's say there's a specific verse that you want to learn more about. If you only look at that specific verse, it's like just looking at the rock. But to get the big picture... Or just that initial splash. Okay, but to get the big picture, we're wanting to look at passages surrounding it so you can see and ponder how the context is influencing the message of that verse. Exactly. And so sometimes, like in Paul's letters, for example, Paul often builds up these arguments where in order to understand what's in chapter 5, you've got to understand what was back in chapters 2 and 3 because he's building. But It's It's almost like building blocks, right? Exactly. Like he's stacking arguments up. And if you come in and only study a later argument, you miss the context of what he was initially saying, which was maybe a reproof or a challenge or an encouragement. 
Exactly, or some sort of explanation that helps mm. us better understand. I mean, think about our episode from last week. It's called the chiasms, the pyramid and hourglass episode, right? Mm. How everything's pointing sort of to this phrase in the middle, where if you only look at the phrase in the middle, you miss all the stuff that it's pointing that's pointing to it, right? Okay. So that's why we say, you know, looking at the wider context, the sentences, phrases, paragraphs around a text is so helpful and so important because it's so dangerous to say, well, let me just pull out this one text. And that's not always bad, right? It, it can be encouraging to pull out a phrase to tape to your wall or put on Facebook, right? Because, you know, you don't always want to post a whole paragraph, right? But to understand that phrase, mm. we need to be careful not to pull it out as if it stands by itself. I would like to give you a classic example of when a passage gets taken out of context. And this is from the book of Ephesians, which is one of Paul's letters to, of course, the church in in Ephesus. Now, this is from Ephesians chapter 5, and we're in the 20s. So you can go there to kind of see the whole thing. But uh, specifically, he says, wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Now, many of you are probably it's familiar a good word. with this. I don't <laughs> <laughs> from I can, the Bible, folks. You heard can, it here. I can face. tell you from experience, <laughs> there are many women who instantly get their hackles raised and they say, I don't like that. And, there's, and it's been used to perpetuate some very bad, unhealthy relationship expectations. Yeah, absolutely. And that's because it's being taken out of context, right? Right. So we can take a phrase like that and make it mean anything we want. Well, it sounds it sounds at a glance like husbands have the ultimate say so in a relationship. They dictate exactly last word. Here's how it should go. And women should without a fuss or without a fight go straight to what the husband is saying and right. say, yes, yes, dear, of course you're right. Which is why something that's <laughs> meant to be life-giving, right? The lens of scripture is always loving God, loving others, growing into who God made us to be, mm-hmm. can be pulled out and made to mean anything that we want. And in this case, something that we would argue is not a healthy standard for a relationship. Exactly. So now with that in mind, let's hear the wider context of the passage. Okay, so listen specifically for what Paul says before And then what Paul says afterwards, because like Phil said, the ripple, those verses influence how we should see this one particular nugget in the middle. Right. The ones surrounding it are really vital for it. Okay. So here it is. I'm going to start in verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. So that give a little bit of a different picture? It does give a little bit of a different picture because you see here there's this emphasis. It's not just that wives need to submit to their husbands, but it's that husbands need to love their wives the way Christ loved the church. And I love that because what did Christ do for the church? He died. He he took the ultimate sacrifice for them. So it's not it's not then this unbalanced Wives, you give up everything out of obedience and submit everything and get nothing in return. 
Well, and it says submit to one another. Right. So it's not even just a one way, right? It's a mutual submission. Well, because I think then when when a husband is loving his wife in the way Christ loved his church, he's submitting his own self-interest for her. Exactly. It, it's this... It's it's this picture of both sides doing the same thing, right? But you lose that when you only look at that one passage. Exactly, and so this is why that larger context piece matters. And we'll get into historical context in another episode. But even the historical situation of Ephesus can play into some of the other parts of this letter. And so one of the key phrases, for example, to listen to is when it says like for this reason or these things, sort of those conjunction type words can be very helpful. Therefore. Yeah, because <laughs> that that says directly what's about to come. You know, like even, even Philippians, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's a sense in which saying all these things, like the things that were just talked about, right? Mm. It's not like I can jump off a cliff and survive because Christ strengthens me, right? He's referring to what came before. And so I think our encouragement would just to be to consider the greater context of a passage. Look at what is going on around it. Look at the intention, the purpose of what Mm. came before it, where the sort of discussion and story goes after. Even sometimes considering the words used right around a passage because those words give us a sense of where the author was intending for things to go. So the purpose of what they were writing for us. Right. And of course, we're not saying right here not to read a passage and have a verse really speak to you and then remember it, right? There's totally a place for reading through scripture, maybe in your study that you're doing and saying, wow, this one verse really means a lot to me and writing it down somewhere, posting it, memorizing it. That's a beautiful thing. So this is by no means saying not to do that, but we do want to encourage you If you are listening to someone preach or teach, for example, and they quote just one passage, make a note of that and go look at it in its context to make sure that you understand its proper meaning, right? Or or even if you're doing your own study, um, there's some really lovely devotionals and they'll maybe use one Bible verse as the inspiration for what comes to follow. Go and look up that verse and read at least a few verses ahead and below because that can, like you've seen with this passage, it can really influence the flavor, the tone, the meaning of that one scripture. So I think we would encourage you to ask questions like, why is this where it is? Mm -hmm. Why this part of the letter? Why did Mm -hmm. Jesus tell this parable after that parable Mm -hmm. to this group in this location, right? So just to ask some of these questions, if God doesn't waste ink, if everything is intentional, if the words are intentional, the phrases, the sentences, the paragraphs, the letters are intentional, ask why? Why Mm -hmm. here and not that place? Why not in this location? Why this word? Why is it in this way? So just sort of, again, those why questions to be curious about why the Bible did it this way, Mm -hmm. because we believe it was done intentionally. And so brothers and sisters, as you explore scripture, as you explore this revelation of God who doesn't waste ink, may you ask the why question. And by doing so, by looking at the greater context, the ripple, the words and phrases that constitute this revelation, may you discover life, may you discover a living God whose word is still speaking today. Grace and peace be with you.